0: Folks, as you know, social media censorship is growing. The best way to support our video work for Israel is to subscribe to our video newsletter on pulseofisrael.com and to share our videos. If you are already a subscriber, then thank you. Two additional ways to connect with and support Israel, they are so simple. One. Click on this link to help us strengthen Israel by strengthening Judea and Samaria. It's simple, everybody. Just click on the website and choose the best option that works for you to strengthen Judea and Samaria. And number two, enjoy the beauty of Israel whenever you want. No matter where you are in the world, you can enjoy our online virtual tours of Israel. Just visit israelisbeautiful.com and choose the virtual video and activity package that works for you. Shalom, shalom, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Pulse of Israel here in our eternal and ancestral homeland, the land of Israel, in our undivided capital of Jerusalem. We are in for a special guest, a proud Judean Jew. Seriously, folks, if you haven't been out to the amazing Arugot farm where Arya Bromowitz and Jeremy Gimpel live and are developing, and seriously, you gotta go visit and I think it's pretty
1: easy to contact you, right, in order to, to set up uh a- Send me an email, ari at thelandofisrael.com. And, uh, yeah, the farm is... Re- Have you ever seen the completed House of Prayer Synagogue on the top of the no, mountain? No, I haven't seen oh it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I could describe it to you in words, but it would be like showing you a sheet of musical notes versus going to an orchestra. Really, it's just so beautiful magnificent. It's, uh, yeah. You got to come, you got folks. You got to
0: check out the Arugood Farm again. You're talking about a beautiful hilltop near the ancestral uh, village of uh, Tokoa, not not Tekoa, near the ancestral hilltop of Malayamos, where the prophet Amos prophesied the coming back of the Jewish people
1: to the land of Israel. Well, not they, only that, can I just say what he prophesied? Go for it's it. It's right there, Malayamos. Last three verses. Everybody knows the last three verses. Vishavti Shvutami return the exiles of my people, and they'll rebuild desolation, and they'll plant vineyards and drink their wine, and they'll plant gardens and eat their fruit, and I will plant them upon their land, and they'll never be uprooted again. So we have three vineyards. Bezradashem, within the month, we should have 3,000 bottles of wine from last year. No way. Yeah, we have nearly 5,000 fruit trees. It's like literally our business oh, no. plan is the last three verses of the Book of Amos, who was a Jewish cowboy prophet right there in those mountains? And here you have a modern, not prophet Amos, but putting putting into action the words of Amos.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. So again, folks, the Goat Farm, you definitely want to check it out. The, a modern Jewish Judean resettling of the land of Israel, fulfilling the prophecy of Amos. So uh, yeah, t- definitely check it out. All right, before we get started, because we have such important things to talk issues to talk about today with Ari. I love uh, honing in on uh, on on the spiritual and practical advice life thoughts that come from Ari and Ari and Jeremy they're are individuals even though they work together that's good right <laughs> but um, before we continue again anyone if you want to continue hearing the truth from my channel from the pulse of Israel please make sure you subscribe to on the website pulseofisrael.com censorship is strong not everyone sees everything we want to put out there or that we do put out there and not everyone's able to see the videos the best and only way to ensure that you will continue to receive the video work from uh, our network is to go to pulseofisrael.com and to subscribe for the newsletter have All you right. been hit hard
1: by this whole
0: censorship thing oh yeah oh yeah in many many ways and uh, it, it's the simplest thing to show that to, to, to see is um our traffic from Facebook has gone down to like nothing. We used to get millions and millions, and with each year, I mean, even even looking just over the past year, like after they years ago they implemented the algorithm changes and everything. But still, today, with each day, with each week, with each month, yes, too. It's really it's incredible. I keep on
1: trying to tap into that energy of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. I think about him. Right, he spent 14 years in a cave. Just studying and just learning and just talking to Hashem, I'm just trying to grow. But um, uh, no, 100%. And I'll say even more than that. Okay, I'll say
0: even more than that. Because look, on a, I just posted about this accident yesterday. On a business level, look, Google and Facebook killed our business a number of years ago. Killed it. Killed it. We, we were one of the top 10 websites in the Jewish Israel space. And we went down to like zero, both on a video view level and an income level. They just totally destroyed. And then you think to yourself, wait a second, how do I come back from that? And thank God we have come back. We're not not as big as we used to be, Um, but we were able to survive and come come out of that. But even though we're not necessarily as big as we were, and I don't know if we ever will be able to be as big as, as we were before they destroyed our business, but in other ways, we are more impactful today than we were then, even though we're smaller. And not only that, we've grown in many ways in developing our business and in it, that, that we would not have done had we had not been taken down. Sometimes when things are good, you're just riding according to all right. I, I don't have to make changes. I don't have to do things. Everything's running. But it's because of the challenges that are thrown at you that you then have to think out of the box or come up with different ideas. And you end up growing in different ways that you wouldn't right. have had everything been go- continuing to go when you think things were going so what well. That's you're
1: saying. And if there's anyone that has not diluted or compromised their message, if there's anyone that has not done that, it's you. The mm. things I see you writing, I'm like, that guy just has cojones. <laughs> really? Like, you are willing to anger people, to infuriate people. And, uh, and, and you do it in a really menschy sort of way. Meaning, like, you are polite and you are, are kind and you're open-minded, but you also share the way you see things, knowing the wrath that you're going to face by the woke mops, and, and you do it anyway. So, to me, that's all you can be asked for in this world. The rest is in Hashem's hands. If you, no, if you compromise on that, then you're a compromised person and the game is over. Right, no, you're- So, you're still in the game right and, uh, again, no because because well. a
0: lot of people no i, I appreciate i appreciate that because a lot of people say okay well, wait, wait, so how do you get around it well to get around it's to change how you talk or don't talk about this and, blah, blah, blah. and you're right I, I will not allow that to happen because if i if i i'll tell you this a lot of people ask me what well, Why? Do, and again i'm not doing it to anger anybody right it does anger people because i'm saying things that political correctness angers people like, sorry if you're not politically correct it angers right. people if you're not telling the line of what everyone's saying then people are angry at you, which I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I, I understand
1: the psychology of it as a psychologist. It just still makes sense. Well, no you know, sense. I understand that. What doesn't make sense to me is the desire to silence it, meaning liberalism, classical liberalism, believed in the... We're the truth? classical liberals. That's the irony. Where are the but, classical but they believed in the basic truth. I may disagree fully to the end with what you say, but I'll die for your right to say exactly. What happened to that? But I'll tell you, I, I feel the same way exactly when you invited me to come on for this interview. I felt the same thing because I'm very reluctant to talk about this whole Aliyah issue because I'm a more sensitive person than you. I, I really like people and I like people to like me. I want people to like me. I'm like, by nature, I'm a pleaser. And so I don't want to say things that upset people. I picture like my family and friends in America seeing this and all of a sudden not liking me. And so that that makes me not want to do this. On the other hand, when I leave this world and I stand before my creator and he says, I put a truth in your heart, at least in my, I don't know if anything I'm saying is true, but at least in my experience and my inner voice, it's, it's something that's been put within me that I feel like I need to say. And if I don't say that, and, and God says, why didn't you say this message that I put in your heart to say? You're going to say, because I wanted people to like me. That's not, so, so I just make sure that whatever I'm saying is from a place of love. And it is, it's authentic love and concern. And you have to have the humility of saying, maybe I'm wrong, but I think truth resonates. You know, that, uh, teaching that when you're in the womb an angel comes and teaches you everything that you know, right. and then the angel taps you here, that's where you get the groove and from. And then we
0: forget everything. And then
1: we forget it all. So the question is, why do we need to be taught at all if we're just going to forget it? And the sages of Israel said, because truth resonates. When you hear it in this world, you feel it in your bones. You identify it. That you, you know it from somewhere deep within you. So I just have faith in that, in that when people hear truth, even if it's not necessarily what they want to hear, that they, they will be open to that. It will, it will touch them. It will affect them in some way. Even one person makes, you know, Avram Avinu was one person. Abraham was one person. He changed the whole world. So that's how we have to look at it. We can't look at like, what are the numbers and what are the statistics? And we just, if one person we're able to touch and maybe bring them in a, in a direction of, of safety and security where they can live and thrive as Jews, that could justify our whole lives in this world. What do we know? No, I'm really glad you brought up
0: the Abraham direction because again, I just want to share information that I believe is important for people to Listen to whether they agree or not. At least be open to it. And um, if I can't convince you, then you're not the audience. I'm not trying to convince you. But for anyone who's, I like, I, I call my work in, in Jewish talk Kiruv Krovim. I'm not out to convince the people who are totally on the other side. I'm, I'm not. That's not my. That's not my voice. That's not my purpose. My purpose is to reach out to the Krovim. So the people who are close, let's say in terms of Israel issues, not every. Israel-supporting Jew, even who has family in Israel, or his family who are proud settlers in the Judea, Judean area Samaria, can stand up for Israel at their workplace, at the water cooler, at the Shabbat table, in their own synagogue, when the news in the New York Times is bashing Israel for, being, for killing children based on lies. Not everyone's able to do that. And I see my voice is put putting the information out there for people who, in that situation, to know... Wait a second. Oh, I'm not crazy for supporting this. I'm not crazy for, the, for seeing that these are lies and misinformation so that they have more confidence understanding of the, the true position of what's going on in Israel. Whether they're able to talk, whether they want to talk and argue with their friends, co-workers, family, etc. or not, at least they won't be skewed to,
1: to well, believe I, I don't want to argue about a little nuance here, but I would have to disagree with one thing you said. My point isn't to talk to the people on the other side, but to talk to Kroving, people who are closer. But I don't know if it's our job to really say who we're talking to, because there's an entire journey and spectrum of, of the path that people are on in this world towards truth. And let's say someone's an atheist, because if they're an atheist, they're wrong. But let's say they came from idolatry. Their family are idolaters, and they're like, if this is your God, then I don't believe in God. Well, then they took a step towards truth. Right, So you don't know who you're talking to. There could 100%. be someone far on the other side, 100%. and you touch their hearts. 100%. We don't know. We just have to say the truth and let the cards fall where 100%. they may, or the truth as we see it.
0: Right. Yeah. But going back to your point about Abraham, Abraham was one man, changed the world. One man. Everyone thought he was crazy, right? The, no, there's one God. He went up against the world, Right. Moshe Rabbeinu, did any Jew in in, in Egypt want to listen to Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe was there to save the Jewish people against their own will because he was making life harder for them because Pharaoh punished them because Moshe wanted to save him, right? So he saved them regardless. I'm jumping through generation after generation. Mordechai Mordechai and Esther saved the Jewish people from the, 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 the Purim story. Well, the Jewish people were upset at Mordechai also. Even he, afterwards. Even afterwards, right? He said right? Because because he did not bow down to Haman, so the whole Jewish establishment was upset at him. Now Haman's doing this because of you. Right? And now these harsh things are happening to us because, because you're trying to stand up for your truth. We are a people who throughout history. Have gone, we have gone against the majority, even with all our own people. We're, we're miraculous in that way. So I'm not for, oh, believe everything because the majority are saying that. Because everyone's saying that. Because everyone believes that. No, think for yourself. And if it's a truth that you believe in, even if everyone's saying otherwise, even if all the media is saying otherwise, even all the Jewish leaders, all the rabbis are saying otherwise, but if it's a truth that you believe in, well, well be an Abraham, be a Moses, be a Mordechai, and stand up for that truth. And you mentioned like in terms of doing it because you, you're you waiting for that day when you're, you're sitting next to God and go, did you, did you use your voice like I gave you? And the other part, the other side of that story for me is I, and people ask me, why are you, why, why are you saying that, Avi? Like, I, I know, I, I agree with you, but you're getting yourself in trouble. Just don't focus on that. Focus on, I'm like, no, because if I'm talking to my kids like this and I'm educating them with this, well, I want them to know that they should live their lives based on their values and their truths and not to give in to everyone else's pressure. Right. So it's in order to live an example for my yeah. children. But um, listen, let's get in, Let's get into what uh, what, what <clears throat> the, the issue of the day, because you just made a video, basically tackling why Jew hatred. What what are we experiencing today? And I think that message is really really important because you're tackling it from a different angle. So can you just share with us what what, what is your message to Jews today to internalize what we're experiencing
1: with this growth of, of Jew hatred out in the open? I mean, that's it's such a challenging question. And on some level, I mean, I made it for the fellowship, right? Can I talk about it for a moment? Yes, we have course, this thing please. called the Land of Israel Fellowship, Jeremy, and I started. We have hundreds of families from around the world. Every Sunday, we get together, and it is just—it's magical. It's like uh, you know, a connection. It's teaching authentic Torah ideas, connecting the dots. What's happening in the world? Connecting with each other. And I had so many. Uh, I would say maybe it's thirty percent Jews, seventy percent Christians there's a number of Christians have turned to me and said, how can we stand with Israel? Why is this happening? These questions are constantly coming. And so I have to really, I was thinking, I don't even know if it's really relevant to dive in necessarily to the why, right? Because I, I, we, none of us can really understand the why, because the why is always some different pretext. Right now, the main assault on Jews is from the leftist establishment. It's coming out of the Congress. It's coming out of the Senate. It's coming cultural attacks on the Jews. And when I say Jews, I'm saying the masks are off. It's not against Israel and Zionists. It's against Jews. Jews are being beaten in the streets. Uh, exponentially higher amounts of Jews than the next most persecuted. Most people don't even want to report it because of the headache with the FBI, and they don't, the FBI doesn't want to report it. And it's, So it's even worse than we think it is. So it's, Jews are being physically assaulted in the streets. And when you look throughout history, there's always some sort of pretext about why it's happening. This time it was the Gaza conflict, or the Marxists, or the proletariat, whatever it is, it always takes on some sort of a different uh, pretext, a different facade, a different reason. But it doesn't really matter necessarily what the reasons are. I think ultimately there's a very deep, visceral hatred against the Jews, and Jew hatred is dormant throughout some periods in history, and Jews lull themselves into believing that it's gone. And during this period where it's gone, we can actually assimilate and we can disappear. And I can identify so profoundly and deeply with whatever the zeitgeist is as a Democrat, as a liberal, as a leftist, as a as a Republican, or whatever it is that we want to identify with and say that's our real identity and our Judaism is bagels once a year and Yom Kippur or whatever. And that's really the Jewish thing. And that's not how Jewish history works. That's not how God works. And we could think that we can run away from it. But that has never worked, and it never will work. We are Jews, even if we think that we identify as something else. And so the winds of history are shifting. That's what I see happening right now. It's like a spirit of insanity is going throughout America right now, where all of a sudden there's just these massive riots in the streets. Jews are afraid to wear their yarmulkes. It's not like you just look at the news, even though the news doesn't cover it. Any one of these attacks that are happening, hundreds of them are happening all the time, if one of them was a white Trump supporter with a black guy, it would be all over the news. But because it's just Jews, it doesn't even make the headlines. It doesn't make the news at all. But when you see it coming from the right and from the left and from the liberals and from the and it's coming from all of the different sides, uh, particularly around a conflict like the Gaza conflict that just happened, that I can't think since 1937, right, since World War II, where there was a more stark and dramatic contrast between good and evil, as in between so the Israeli army and murderous genocidal terrorists that are trying to murder as many babies and civilians as possible, that are persecuting homosexuals and women, and yet the women and the homosexuals are siding with them. The whole thing is so crazy that you have to see a little bit of the divine signature here, that it doesn't matter how many blue dots that you post on your thing, and also I disagree with you, you're, you're telling people how to stand up for Israel. That's a good... It, it's important to be able to do for yourself, to be able to identify and stand up for Israel and to really feel the brunt of it. Because the more brunt you feel when you stand for Israel... I remember going to Paris. I was talking to different Jews there, and they're like, no, anti-Semitism isn't so bad. It's was like, really? Do you walk around with a yarmulke on your head? with a kippa? No, we don't. Do that for one day, and then you can see how bad it is. So there's something healthy about doing what you're teaching people to do and about standing up, but to think that that's going to change anything, to think that even carrying a gun or having little jewish militias is going to change anything we're talking about the levers of power levers of government levers of the military are being co-opted by anti-israel and anti-jewish forces and maybe it's not like that right now you know i I think the whole holocaust thing is being overused a little bit people refer to holocaust and then like okay holocaust analogy i'm out So I'm not saying that America would go the same route as pre-Holocaust Germany. It's just America has a different DNA as a nation. You know, I can't picture such a thing happening. However, that doesn't mean that things aren't going to go bad. When you take, here's a simple, my simple intuitive approach. Look at America and the cultural rift that is dividing that country is greater and deeper than I've ever seen in my adult life that I ever can think going far back. Even in the sixties with Vietnam, it wasn't so deep and so visceral as you see in America right now. The hatred is bubbling over just between not even a Jewish thing, just between like the leftist liberal Democrats and conservative right wing is just so foundational. And then you take that and you amplify it with a deteriorating, economy that is getting worse all the time hyperinflation blowing out the budget spending and the economy goes bust and the police are defunded do you want to be a jew in brooklyn is that really where you want to be when that goes down i'm not like getting abstracted and you know so it feels to me like i feel sometimes like i'm looking at it and i feel like it's like a dream and i'm seeing a bus full of my family barreling towards the edge of a cliff and I want to scream and nothing is coming out. That's how I feel. Like, I just want to say, are you blind? Just, just pack up a bag and get out, l- l- get out with your life. And right now you could get out with more than your life. Maybe it's not going to happen immediately right now, but do you want to wait till it, s- see the writing on the wall? Just keep your eyes open. See what's really happening and understand that while you're like, okay, well, where could I go? I could flee to Israel. Israel is not a place to flee to.
0: If you just open your eyes,
1: Israel is right now. It's not like you have to come here and drain the swamps and die of malaria. Israel is thriving. It's a place full of joy and mission and purpose and cohesion and may not seem like that from the outside in. We may have our issues, but on an inter-Jewish level in this country... Well, the, the cohesion is much higher and better than I can think of that. I can see anywhere else in the world. Yeah. I, I, I even say there is more unity in the Jewish people today in the state of Israel
0: than ever since the establishment of the state of Israel and probably ever in, in, in Jewish history or definitely for hundreds of thousands of years. It's just the leaders need headlines and the, and the journalists make headlines. And so on a, per, on a PR level, things like, oh my God, everything's horrible, but never before have religious, secular, uh, even the, the ultra-Orthodox and secular, like on a, on a day-to-day street level, shopping together, working together, serving in the army together, even with all the social issues, never before has there been more
1: unity. So I'm totally
0: with you but on they're that. They're also not
1: canceling each other. Right. The cancel culture in America is insane. Right. And in Israel... You know, when I go to the, to the reserve duty, one of my favorite parts is just these many, many hours of guard duty and patrol where I'm up there with some far leftist secular Jew. And, and we're just talking and loving the conversation and getting into it. and Even Jews with the disagreement. Even with, because even of with the disagreement. Right. Of I, want, I would choose that guy. Right. Right. Because, like, Your iron brothers. sharpens iron. Right. You know, and maybe he's got a perspective that would improve me. I don't have the ultimate truth. You know, so there is an underlying foundation of love, but also just of, of mission. When you come here, you can be lost in the myopia of the human condition and just look at your life and your culture and your friends and feel like you are really acclimated and you are a, a democratic Jew and American. But really, just zoom out a little bit and you are part of a 2,000 year exile that has only culminated right now in America. How many generations back, America's. Ultimately
0: three, four, three generations, five four generations. Or so we
1: were in Romania and Poland and Russia and Belarus a lot longer than that. Right? It's just a little bleep and to be like, No, we have arrived. Particularly when we see these unbelievable prophecies manifesting themselves before our eyes. Now, a lot of people that are like secular Jews, this is where like their eyes glaze over and they put on the drill bib and they switch channels because oh, he's getting into the Bible and the prophets. This is what I call the Ned Flanders syndrome. Okay, I'm not Nad, familiar Ned Flanders is that guy on The Simpsons, like, hoodly doodly, look at 194 oh. okay, yeah. you know, 19-4. And everyone rolls their eyes
0: at him. Yeah, yeah and
1: he's like the Bible-thumping, so whenever you talk about prophecies, even to, I talked to some of my Jewish friends in America, I'm like, you know, in Yeshayahu and Isaiah 14:9, I'm like, oh, the Christians are really getting to you. That's our, to me. That's our book! That's our book! So it's like the whole idea of, like, Bible and Torah and prophecies is just immediately relegated to that whole, like, Nad Flanders thing. But the the reality is that if you just look at it for what it is, the fact that these prophecies have been carried for thousands of years and they're man I can understand five hundred years ago in Russia being like, Yeah, the chosen people, ingathering of the exiles, come on. Right? But now, after all of this time, we're witnessing the exiles being ingathered. The fact that there's even there are even exiles to be ingathered is already miraculous. That we right? still exist that in we the still exile and the nation to return. Any other nation pff, just assimilates and disappears. Right. Nonetheless, we still exist, and not only do we exist, we're on all the headlines, and we're thriving. And before our eyes, the exiles are being ingathered. How many hundreds of times throughout the Bible, throughout the Torah, does it say, "I will gather you in from the nations, I'll bring you to your land"? Uh, you have profaned my name by being amongst the nations, right? Because the nations look and say, "How how powerful can the God of Israel really be?" that his nation that's supposed to be in his lands is di- dispersed around the world. Okay. But we were, and for whatever reason, we sinned and we hated each other and we worshiped idols and we were dispersed around the world. But now God is bringing us back in the most miraculous way. And oh, oh, America is just going to stop there. No, if you just put together, if you see the whole picture or try to see a little bit more of the picture from the prophetic perspective and then the winds that are shifting in America and realize you don't want to be stuck there right. You don't want to be stuck there. And not only don't you want to be stuck there, you do want to be stuck here. Nice. It's just there's so much joy. I live on a hilltop, right, that we went out there and there was nothing there. And we brought out the water and the electricity. And now it's like a Garden of Eden-like oasis. But there's a village right next to me. And this village has these, it's all caravans. They're starting to build, thank God. Jewish village. It's a Jewish village, all caravans. And there are caravans that have 8, 9, 10, 11 kids in these one caravans. And you go there and you think that they're mansion, there really is a way out of the rat race. You don't need to be stuck in the rat race where it's like, oh, if I make Aliyah, how am I gonna be able to make it to be happy? At the very least, you'll be able to, to go to a caravan, and you know what you'll see? Maybe it won't have the creature comforts that you're used to. That may take a little ad- adaption. But the the happiness, right, the a, a level of your kids actually being healthy and acclimated and having mission, the kids kids I see here, whenever I'm feeling down about. Fifth elections in the government and Hamas. I just go out and I see the kids in in Judea, and I do, I'm filled with hope and light and love. Oh yeah, and I tell my
0: when my kids, when are I'm
1: any conversation, my kids, when any conversation
0: happens about politics today with the craziness of the politics, and it's really sad. But we've been through worse. I tell my and I remind my kids, you guys weren't here for the Rabin government in the '90s. That was the worst government. We survived that with all damage we did. But again, the message I tell my kids and anyone who asks, I go, guys. God's in charge, whatever government we have, whatever prime minister we have, we're gonna live through it, God's in charge. Just, right. just we do whatever we can, but whatever we end up with that we have no more control to impact, God's in charge, we continue to do good. And I just wanna to return to a very important point. Remember the Holocaust, it could, it could happen again in America. Straight out, there's not gonna be a Holocaust in America. The point isn't that a Holocaust will happen in America. Again, it's not. The point is in every single generation Again, I'm a student of history. In every single generation, the ending of a happy, golden era of Jewish life in a country. We all know Germany. Germany was the most liberal, cultured country in the world, right? The Jews were proud Germans. They called Berlin the new Jerusalem. And yet, look what happened to Germany. So that was the the Holocaust. We had the golden age of Spain, that ended with the Inquisition. They didn't. They didn't murder the Jews. They said, "Okay, everyone, you Jews, we love you." A barbanel, right? A barbanel was one of the great Jewish rabbis that we learn about still today in the Bible. He was one of the top uh, consultants to the king and queen, to King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella. And they said, "No, we want you to stay. Just convert to Christianity. You'll be fine." Right. So we had to run away. We had a good, we, we lived in England, we were expelled from England, we lived in Poland, we were expelled from Poland. We had 3,000 years of Jews living in the Middle East since the expulsion of the Jews from the first temple, right? One of the oldest communities in the Middle East, 1,000 plus years before Muhammad was born, before Islam was brought to the world. And yet, after 3,000 years of Jewish history in the Middle East, the Jews ran away from the Middle East because life wasn't safe for them anymore. And today, only thousands of Jews live across the whole Muslim world in the Middle East. So in every generation, it's just the natural order of things that many of us fellow Jews today in America don't want to accept. They don't want to be students in history. They don't want to accept, all right, the natural order of thing as a Jew is to understand after all the good times comes an end. How that end comes is different in each and every generation in each and every country. But the law is... And I'm sorry if I'm surprising people, the law of nature is being a Jew that a good time in the diaspora ends up coming to an end. And it's about waking up our fellow Jews with the message you just gave. Don't run away to Israel. Run to Israel because of what Israel represents to you as the place for a Jew to be, as to be part of the historic miracle of rebuilding and resettling our homeland and building it up to be a magnificent place. So don't come to Israel because you're running away. Come to Israel because you're running
1: towards it, to be part of it. Right. So if you look at the cities throughout America, uh, violent crime murder is going up hundreds of percents every month, going up hundreds of percents the way I see it happening in America is not that they're going to turn necessarily just against the Jews. No, it's going to be unpleasant for everybody. anyone, for everybody. And whenever it's unpleasant for everybody, it's even more unpleasant for the Jews. These are very trying
0: times. And again, the way I, I I don't want I don't want to scare people. I don't want to. I have plenty of friends and family in America. It's not about scaring them. I want to inspire them about israel and about how miraculous and how blessed we are to live in this generation with the state of israel with the miracle of the state of israel i don't want to scare people about reality i'm not trying to scare people about i just want to show i don't want you to ignore reality don't ignore reality but be inspired
1: by something you can be part of in terms of returning to the jewish to to the jewish homeland that's my hope for people to keep their eyes open to keep their eyes open, to see the writing on the wall. There was a prophecy that very much spoke to me. The, the prophet Yirmiyahu Jeremiah said that there's going to be fishers. You know, that the fishers, I, I've always seen myself and you as fishers, we're trying to inspire people just to share the truth and the beauty. So that was the my our approach for so long was the, the, the fishers. But now it's like God then says, I will then send the hunters to hunt you, to, to push you away. And that's what's happening. The hunters are coming. And they are, and life for Jews is, you don't have to trust me, just type in montage of anti-Semitic attacks in the last week. Don't take my my word for it. It's all over the place, everywhere, constantly. You're not seeing it on mainstream news, but it's happening, and it's happening in a very real and horrifying way.
0: Yeah,
1: and I've been, uh, listen, I, using my own channel for a number of
0: years, I've been talking about how um, anti-Israel is anti-Semitism. Like the whole, the, the whole uh, and, and now, more than ever, I finally use the terminology because I think people are more open to hearing it, that the whole fake cause called Palestine is Jew hatred. It is anti-Semitism. It's the, Palestine is the biggest global movement of anti-Semitism in all of history. They just have packaged it in a way that the left can hang on to, saying, no, 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 it's just about anti-Israel, we're not anti-Semites. But no, 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 more and more Jews, hopefully, are waking up and realizing... This whole fake cause called Palestine is total Jew hatred, yeah. total Jew hatred. Um, but the, 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 other, the other point I've always been trying to make was oh, it was years ago trying to bring this up to, to wake people up, that all the anti-Israel activity on college campuses, it's, it's not about having your kids on college campus stand up for Israel. It's having your kids on college campus realize that anytime they are attacked for Israel, they're being attacked for their Jewish identity. is nothing. You, Israel is being used as the bludgeon to attack their children or college students themselves for their Jewish identity. And there was a video that Ami Harowitz did two years ago that right now is getting it's getting traction. But we posted this two years ago, where it was an anti-Israel Muslim gathering sponsored, co-sponsored by Duke University, uh, University of North Carolina had half a million dollars of funding from the federal government and it was a total anti-Semitic Jew hatred party taking place sponsored by two universities and a quarter of a million dollars of U.S. federal funding. And Amin has got in there, so this video is very important to see. Like on the one hand, they talk against Israel, but they had many things there. Not well, It's not about Israel. Total and utter Jew hatred. Two years ago, people weren't listening. They didn't want to listen. Hopefully now this video getting traction again will, will pick, wake people up and realizing, wait a second, has nothing to do with Gaza, has nothing to do with Temple Mount, has nothing to do with Sheikh Jarrah. This cause called Palestine is total and utter Jew hatred that's giving social justice, really is the feeling, oh, I'm being just by looking after these poor Palestinians who are not poor at all they're just being abused as pawns by their, own, by their own people and by the world and by the left. It is Jew hatred, And it's about waking up our our. It's also, Jews. in some ways,
1: it's here to actually save us. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at pre-Holocaust Germany, there was, what, more than 70% intermarriage rate. Jews were in the arts and in the sciences and in the government. They were so assimilated that in their minds it was impossible to imagine being extracted surgically from a nation that they so overwhelmingly identified with. They were more loyal, patriotic Germans than any German you could find. And they were extracted, it was like a godly, divine intervention. And when you see what's happening in America, I bet you that that, that uh, rally you paid for by half a million dollars of government funds was also sponsored by Jewish Voice for Peace and J Streets and all of these Jewish kids that go to these college campuses and cannot bear the thought of being an outcast and not being part of the woke accepted liberal establishment in order to do what to to be a part of this their reform congregations bar mitzvah that's what they're going to give up being accepted and championed for so our own children i, I talked to my friends not just the reform conservative orthodox and their kids are anti-israel brainwashed, brainwashed, brainwashed on the verge of intermarriage and intermarrying and when this happens You know, the the sages of Israel say, if the Jews don't make Kiddush, then the Gentiles will make Havdalah. If we don't sanctify ourselves and say we are Jews and embrace our identity for being Jews, then the nations will say, you're not one of us. There's a reflexive gag reflex against Jews that are trying to assimilate and disappear and be loved. And the more we want the world to love us, the more they hate us, right? that's just the way things work throughout okay. history so I want to I want to
0: end with a with a, a positive note and get your get your feedback following exactly what you're saying right now with the, with all this negativity and with all of our fellow Jews and including listen uh, not a surprise but even Thomas Friedman the the prophet of, of, the, of the left on Israel and America who Washington and Biden and they all look to him like oh whatever Thomas Friedman says we'll go he was saying the growing Jew hatred in America is, is because of Israel, right? Which a lot of our Jews now are, are, are they, oh yeah, oh, so it's okay to be anti-Israel because I'm being attacked because of Israel. The Jew hatred of anti I'm is because of Israel, right? He's giving them, he's throwing fuel on the fire, right? With this, what's the positive? Last week, I found a video on YouTube, it only had like 200 views on it, of a conservative rabbi In his congregation in St. Paul, Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, he was pleading with his congregation, giving over to them the truth about the Gaza conflict and explaining to them, folks, anti-Israel, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. And he was pleading to them, please wake up with his own congregants, pleading. Because he knows his own congregants are anti-Israel, pleading with fellow rabbis in the community who wouldn't stand up and, to come together and write a letter in support of Israel because they, they, they because they couldn't do it. Fellow rabbis were afraid. Were, of afraid. The, uh, but here was this one rabbi who was willing to stand in front of his congregation, pleading with them, "Please wake up now." I'm not, I'm not looking at it as a positive thinking that he, people in his congregation are going to wake up. I'm not. Forgive me for being a realist. I'm an optimist, but I'm still a realist. But it is positive in that people like him, even with the price he will pay. He will pay a price, I'm sure. I'm sure he has got scolded by his board after he gave that. Who knows how many people on his board agreed with him giving over that, uh, that speech in the pulpit pleading with the congregation to wake up and realize anti-Israelism is anti-Semitism and we're all going to pay the price, wake up and support Israel, even though Israel's not perfect, right? That was like the type of Maybe little by little, well, one by one, people are waking up and waking up like that, whether that rabbi, whether in the congregation, whether other reform, conservative, orthodox, non-affiliated Jews, we can't save everyone. Jewish history, every generation, there's a, there's a, sheafing, there's a sheafing process. We don't all
1: survive every generation but it's about which Jews can we save and which Jews do wake up. So if I could just quote Zev Jabotinsky, and I read this quote for myself to give myself strength, because I know the amount of hatred that he received, much like I'm sure this rabbi would receive, they threw stones at him. And this was in 1938 to Polish Jewry. He wrote, It is for three years that I have been calling on you, Jews of Poland, the glory of world Jewry with an appeal. I have been ceaselessly warning you that the catastrophe is coming closer. My hair has turned white and I have aged in these years because my heart is bleeding. For you, dear brothers and sisters, do not see the volcano, which will soon begin to spurt out the fires of destruction. I see a terrifying sight. The time is short in which one can still be saved. I know you do not see because you're bothered rushing uh, about with everyday worries. Listen to my remarks at the 12th hour. For God's sake, may each one save his life while there is still time. And time is short. This is 1938. Yeah, and I want to say one more thing to you on this day on the 9th of Av. Those who will succeed to escape from the catastrophe will merit a moment of great Jewish joy. The rebirth and rise of a Jewish state. I do not know if I will earn that. My son, yes. I believe in this just as I am sure that tomorrow morning the sun will shine once again. I believe in this with total faith. And he was hated on. And hated on but who knows how many lives he saved right and I'll tell you the one sort of silver lining one of the silver linings that I've seen is among the non-jewish world this fellowship I can't overstate it enough it has been such a game-changer for me and Jeremy because we've been on this farm and trying to build up this farm and then the gates are shut we had nothing to do we were we didn't have groups coming we know what to do so we started this fellowship and it's like a remnant I'm sure you've met these people right because I don't know if you heard evangelical kids are going down in their support for Israel exponentially also. Three years ago, 75% of evangelical college students stood with Israel over the Palestinians. Now it's 32%. Three years, right? And it makes sense because in the end of the day, we're going to be all alone. We're going to have nobody to rely on, nobody to fall back on. We're going to look to the right, look to the left, east, west, north, south, and be alone. We'll have to turn to Hashem and say, God, please, please, we have no one else to turn to. And then God will say that's what I've been waiting for this entire time. Right. But right now there is this remnant. So if I if I could, if you want to join our fellowship, it's historic. It's awesome. Reach out to me, ari at the israel.com And uh, you should be a part of it too, Avi Abelov. To. You're you're now a, a a member, an honorable honorary, I'm, honorary I'm, member. I'm I'm honored, I'm honored. Now and on that on that
0: note, I think for both of us, I will end with this with this message. The most important thing you can do. People are asking, "What what do I do? No, you can't change reality. You can't change reality of what's going on in the world. You can change yourself. You can change your family. You can change your community. And it starts with strengthening your identity. And if you're a Jew, be proud of your Jewish identity. Do what you can to strengthen that identity. And I'm not telling everyone to all of a sudden be religious. No, 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 no. If someone is religious, strengthen your religious identity. Someone's not religious, well, fine. Find those aspects of your Jewish identity and strengthen it. Not to be embarrassed about it, not for your kids to be embarrassed about it, but to strengthen it, strengthen the the thousands of years of culture and heritage and take what helps you become a stronger Jew. And if you're not Jewish, well, your identity is important as well because everything going on, this whole battle of the left is a cultural war against all of our identities. So if you're Christian, strengthen your Christian identity. Your Buddhist strengthen your Buddhist, and so that doesn't make a difference to me. Don't allow culture, the culture war, the left's culture war, steal away your identity. And the way we can change the world is by changing ourselves and our families by being stronger in our own identities. And again, just a plea out to my Jew, fellow Jews. Strengthen your Jewish identity. Be proud of your Jewish identity. Be proud to be part of the Jewish people. Be proud of the Jewish state of Israel. Are you perfect? No, is, is Jewish history. Perfect. No, is the Jewish state of Israel is perfect. No, there's only
1: one thing perfect in this world.
0: And that's the one above. And we have to connect with him in the way that helps us. Can I just end with
1: one momentary little story? Please. I remember when I was in New York, this was after the army. I was in Lebanon, Gaza, Syria, Hebron, not Syria. I'm sorry, Lebanon, Gaza, Hebron. <laughs> And I was stabbed in the back walking down the street in New York City. Okay, that's just a story in and of itself. But I remember being in Times Square, and there's a group of black Hebrews. You know, these guys oh, are dressed yeah. like the high priest on the Day of Atonement, and, right. and I was walking by. They act like they're brothers. Right, right. So I had a yarmulke on. Man, they're like you with the yarmulke on. You had you Jewish? I said yeah, I'm, I'm Jewish. They said, one who acts like a child is childish. So one who acts like a Jew is Jewish. Right. So whereas you are like the Jew, we are the real Jew. And I was like, guys, I really like that because in the end of the day, somehow over 2,000 years in the exile, we've come to believe that we are a religion, that we're co-religionists, but we're not co-religionists. We're a nation. We're a family. And it's that family, the truth of that family identity, which is what's driving us together. Because when you are family, you love each other. And that means saying a message that you need to say, even if your brother, your sister doesn't necessarily want to hear it, even if they're going to be mad at you or hate you for it. If you love your family, which we do, it's coming from that place of love, and you need to say what you need to say. And that's what I'm doing, and that's what you're doing with, uh, with, with Pulse of Israel, with the Israel Video Network. That's what your whole mission has been about. So it's an honor to call you a friend.
0: Ari, the honor is mutual. Everyone, thank you so much. And again, you're not yet a subscriber for the Pulse of Israel. Go to pulseofisrael.com and sign up to ensure that you continue to get our videos. Signing off from the eternal and ancestral homeland of the Jewish people, the land of Israel, here in our undivided and eternal capital. Jerusalem, thanks for watching everyone.
1: Shalom. Pulse of Israel, frontline videos from the Holy Land. Support our work by donating today.